It's episode two of season four of the Remove Experience podcast, the podcast where you learn practical and effective ways of dealing with setbacks on your path to success. I'm your host, Dumelo Biani, and welcome to the show. Today's guest is Dr. Caitlin Sam, an educator and a deputy principal at Cure Heritage House High School in Durban. Dr. Sam has always been an advocate for education. She holds an honors degree in microbial technology, PGCE in math and life science, as well as an MBA from Mancosa. She could have chosen to pursue any of the careers she rightfully qualifies for, but teaching has always been closest to her heart, and she shares with us today her journey as well as how she obtained her PhD in IT in less than two years while being a full-time teacher. Hope you enjoy the show and learn a thing or two from her. Before we continue, I wanted to catch up and ask you something that has been on my mind because I found out that you've done your PhD on um, basically how to use um, social platforms to, to as a means of teaching or educating students. And I wanted to ask, how does this affect then your um, social media presence? Like, does it make you uh, kind of pull back and not express yourself fully because you know that in in most cases that your students could see everything that you do in your normal life or you still free flowing and knowing that anything that I would put out there is who I am and it's nothing that I have to hide. I think I am actually pretty proud of who I am and uh, I think I just go through my life thinking that you know this is who I am and the way in which I teach is who I am. I don't think I ever change uh, my personality when I teach either, which I think is what the learners enjoy, is that I am authentic. And I think it teaches them, and I think school from the way I view it now is not just about doing well in maths and physics. It's about developing the child holistically so when they go out into the real world how they can be like better individuals um so i just show them who i am in hope that maybe um you know it's something that they would like to look up to when they finish school yeah and speaking about finishing school we are now uh going towards the end of the year and another group of uh your your learners will be matriculating and probably like taking on new roles in the world out there. Like how do you, do you use this time or maybe to was the end of the year to reflect on your impact on the children while they were, they were at your school? Uh, It's actually really sad whenever they leave you hope that they would still keep in contact with you. Um, Because then you start feeling like, Hey, they're actually leaving me. And they become your friends and your kids. And it's sad because you develop this bond with them. And uh, you kind of like sever ties. It's like a, like a bad breakup with someone that you were like so in love with. And like my kids, I'm so in love with them, you know, in a good sense, not in a bad sense. But um, they, they are like my own kids. So um, I think just to know that they're going to do well out there. That's what actually keeps me going and surprisingly though I still have some learners who finished school like six years ago eight years ago ten years ago um, that still call me up or if I see them somewhere and we're like we'll talk as if it's um, 
like we were still back at school. Well, well they were still back at school. And I'm so proud of their achievements. It's like, uh, yeah, they've just become such responsible adults now. One thing that, that I can kind of relate to in that sense is as a personal trainer, sometimes I train people for a couple of months or a year or so, and then they move or something happens that they never come back to the gym. And I, I sometimes ask myself, I hope they're still well, like just as a person, not from a fitness point of view, because at times you really see them for the last time when they finish or when they say goodbye, and that's it. And probably because you're taking in a next lot or next group, you can't, you can't keep uh, thinking about them forever. You have to focus on mm. the next ones. And that's basically what you do every single year. That's like, like you and I. I mean, we last saw each other. How many years ago was this? I think it's now about almost six years ago. Yes, yeah. And you still find out if I'm okay. <laughs> and I send you messages now and then. Um, so yeah, I think it's like that. Well, this, this uh, makes me really want to track a little bit back and ask you, have you always seen yourself in teaching or how, how, how did you end up in teaching? Because I know, for instance, that you didn't do undergrad in, in teaching and somehow you ended up doing, um, being a teacher and now you're in a field that I can see how comfortable and how happy and how passionate you are in it. Like, can you tell me a little bit about young Kate growing up and all the, the dreams and ambitions? Okay, so it's gonna be a long story. <laughs> I'll try and time. <laughs> time. I'll try and just condense everything. So, uh, when I was younger, I wanted to be a politician, um, just because the word sounded big. And at the time, uh, South Africa was going through its independence and the abolishment of the apartheid regime and I looked up to Nelson Mandela and I always wanted to make a change in the world and um, thereafter politics seemed a, a little bit murky uh, I mean because you know what people say they want to do is not always what they wanted to do and it's more of a popularity contest um, so then I wanted to be a crime scene investigator totally on the opposite side of it because I'd like to watch <laughs> CSI and uh, I studied my undergraduate in microbial biotechnology and um, thereafter I did my honors in microbiology and I worked in a lab the salary was like really really low I'm talking like okay I know it's 12 years ago was it 12 yeah 12 years ago and we we're getting I was getting paid like 3000 rand for 6 days a week which was not what <laughs> I mean after getting your honors and doing really well at like university and um so I decided to do teaching as my plan B but while I was in the lab I would I mean I've always been very passionate about maths uh, since I was a kid, I think it's because of my dad. We used to play these games in the back of our, uh, my dad's car and we would look at everybody's number plates and try. My father would pick like a big number and we had to use the numbers at the back of the number plate to try and get to that same number. So with your four basic calculations, so it'll be like, a, so your 
operations, which is multiplication, division, addition, and subtraction. And we try and get to it. And I always thought it was such a fun way to look at it. Um, so my father actually introduced me to that um, as a child. And then so I did teaching as a plan B. Didn't like uh, it when I, but the first job that I applied for, I actually did get. And I didn't like teaching. Uh, the kids were so different maybe from when I was in school and I'm not sure if they were different or maybe I looked at it from a different perspective, but they were like so disrespectful. <laughs> and I was like, and you thought you were young at that time. So as well. I was 24, 24, 25. And then I had like zero patience. And I think when I was in school, you had uh, two types of kids. It was the bad kids and the kids that were good. And uh, through then teaching, I realized that there's no such thing as a good kid or a bad kid. It's uh, just people or small people uh, trying to figure out life, going through issues of their own, going through family issues of their own, and them just trying to, you know, cope with everything. And it actually helped me to grow as a person, learning to be more patient and as opposed to just teaching them maths teaching them how to better deal with life because they taught me then how to better deal with life. And um, I mean, I started to like teaching, but I didn't want to admit to myself that I liked it because everyone's like, you're so smart. Why are you doing teaching? And we always, always look down upon teachers because teachers look down upon teachers and people usually show respect for an occupation based on the salary that they earn. So a road sweeper, we look down on them, but why? It's a skill. If they're doing it to the best of their ability, be pr- like, be proud of it. If they earned thousands of, of, of rands, then we would uh, respect that occupation more. So it's sad that uh, society uh, looks up to certain professions based on how much someone earns um and so after i did my uh teaching degree i then did a master's in business administration um because i wanted to start a business and i was like teaching okay i'm good at it but it's not for me i can do something better be something better because everyone says i can do better and so i did that tried to start up a small business just before COVID and thank God I didn't because all of the new businesses like um, actually fell apart in that year and um, thereafter during lockdown I started doing my PhD so in March that year I started doing my PhD and um, I realized that I am a lifelong learner I'm someone who loves to learn, which is why teaching is such a good thing for me because I continuously learn. It's not a mundane job. You're continuously learning from the learners how to better teach. Sometimes I think I teach something really well, but if the kids are not getting it, I have to go back and say, hey, let me change something. Let me let me, let me me do it differently. And um, in that year, then when I started doing my PhD, I worked tirelessly I slept for three hours every day because I also had to teach online 
when I was trying to teach online, I was realizing, hey, maybe I should do my PhD on that. The fact that, um, I mean, because we just had Microsoft Teams for about five years before that, but we never really implemented it uh, because there was no need for it. And because we weren't seeing our learners, we had to use it. But then we realized there's a problem that exists. Learners don't have uncapped data at home. How do we then teach them? How do we make sure that we do it? And I was using WhatsApp, YouTube videos, and um, Instagram, TikTok, and everything you could name that kids had access to. And with the like data packages that they have, I mean, you know, they it does accommodate for the use of social media, but not for the use of uh, learning management systems, which is what Teams is. And I said, yes, I'm going to do my PhD on that. <laughs> so I did it and um, still wasn't completely sure that I should be in teaching, which is so weird. It's like it's glaring you in the face and you keep looking for this, I don't know, the sign from God as to what do I do with my life? And then I applied for a post in one of the like best schools in South Africa. Um, and I did an interview and they called me up for their second interview. And uh, they paid for my accommodation. I was like, wow, this is amazing. And, you know, like flew me up and, and all that stuff. And I did it and I taught and they were so impressed. And surprisingly that was my turning point where I realized this is for me because if the best school in South Africa could call me and would offer me a post as their math teacher, then, you know, this, this is for me. This is what God has been seeing. And God has been leading me down this road that I didn't even want to take in the first place. And, um, that's when I realized, yeah, teaching is for me. And, um, and then, yeah, and then I turned down the post because then I got offered to be the, like, deputy principal of, 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 of my school that I was in. And I was like, whoa, okay, so God is taking me to greater heights. And uh, I think that's when I realized I wanted to be a teacher. <laughs> long, long road. The thing is, we, we really think that uh, certain things happen in a very linear progression, that one thing leads to the other. But sometimes it's really you trying to run away as far as possible from what is actually the thing you are good at and something that you really will enjoy. Because I know that um, you brought up a point of how people pick uh, careers based on uh, paycheck, how much they will get from it. And there's quite a lot of people who then realize at the end, actually, I like the money, I hate the job. And uh, things like the PGCE um, course are things that you hear about, but again, you look down upon teaching and you're like, but why would I teach? And then you'll find out that um, the people know what they could do besides teaching and so forth, but they, they are afraid because of knowing, yeah, what will my family think? What will, um, mm. what will I feel about myself? Because more is expected from me. And let's say someone is really thinking of going into teaching because they know, okay, I like this and that, but what are the characteristics uh, like that you, you'd like to, um, you think someone should have or should focus on when converting from one um, career field to maybe teaching like you did? You have to be very 
very passionate about it. I think the reason why I found teaching difficult in my first two years is because I was not passionate about it. I looked at it as being my plan B for a long time. Mm. And it was only when I realized the impact that I wanted to leave in people's lives, which is what I wanted to do when I was really young, being like a politician, it's like the same thing, basically, you know, you're trying to sell yourself to the kids. You're this master businesswoman trying to sell your, your subject. And I think... Um, you should always take a look at, I like for me, I didn't like school because there were so many rules in place. And if you want a good student, uh, the teachers didn't like you. So I wanted to make a change when I started to teach. I was like, the kids who are very naughty, those are going to be my favorite. I, I don't know, I, like I didn't plan for it, but they are my favorite. And <laughs> I love the fact that they enjoy coming to school and they enjoy doing my work. And, um, you know, it's, it's it really is about making that that change. So I, I believe if someone wants to change from a different career to teaching, be passionate about it, uh, want what's best for the learners, um, try and make that change. Don't see it as being something that where you can finish off at like half two every day because I don't. I finish at six o'clock sometimes, <laughs> seven o'clock mm. sometimes. Um, you have to make that extra effort, even if you're in, in an under-resourced school. Try and see how you can make a change, which is what we see all the time. And those are the people that we actually do look up to. Um you know, uh, so uh, yeah, that's what I, that's what I think. Be passionate about anything that you do. Yeah. And now when you bring in the, the parallels of um, politics and teaching, I could argue to say um, teachers have a more imp like a direct impact on the society than uh, politicians do. Cause sometimes politicians are so disconnected from like what's happening mm -hmm. on the ground and and teachers have to deal with kids from so many different backgrounds. Maybe there's a divorce, maybe there's poverty, yeah. there's that. And you have to deal with that while making sure that this child still receives the same amount of attention, education, and uh, progress as the other ones who come from families where, where we could say that everything is uh, stable. So you are doing the real work out there. And um, I think it's something that you should take, you should take uh, pride in as well. Thank you so much to me. Yeah, and I mean, going back to, to maybe using uh, different types of uh, ways to teach people online, curious as a podcaster, it's like, could you see podcasting, either audio or video, probably something that has been done in some way, being something that you could implement, given that, again, God forbid that we happen to not have to be able to go to school in presence again, there's lockdowns of some sort, or any other situation that leads us to experiencing similar situations. Uh, setting is what had happened in the last two years most definitely i mean if you take a look at like spotify do you use spotify yeah 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 do. yeah so you can see they've got so many like podcasts on and it's something that you want to if it's something that you want to learn about you just join it or you can go on to the like you just basically just click a button and you can play it in your car you can play it on your 
headphones so i think uh, yeah it's a it's it's a pretty brilliant way like you are doing it right now i didn't know how to use this podcast and you like taught me in a few seconds just to yeah. <laughs> click the link and then make sure that you know you sort out your audio and all that stuff like that so it's like small things and you like don't realize that well i didn't realize most of the stuff that i didn't know i look up on youtube and mm. that's a social media application you know uh so everyone's using it all the time so why not i think there's like this uh, stigma attached to social media that you can't learn from it it's all about um uh fame and it's about yeah the the kardashians or <laughs> you know but um it's actually a, it's 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 a really good tool to use to like learn a lot i can i can uh testify to that because um everything that i'm doing when it comes to this uh, podcast and everything is self taught through learning online uh youtube and everything and one odd fact is that for the past almost 3 years i've never been to a to a barber shop because my wife learned how to cut my hair on youtube and since then i've never bothered to even go back to pay for a haircut so you can you can see the amount of education that's wow. there that is not really job. considered <laughs> thank you what i wanted to to, to say is that the the only thing that i find odd about um the amount of information and education that's out there is that just because i won't get a certification from learning something on youtube or a skill on youtube it's sometimes looked down upon and it's not considered very yeah. valuable and how can one like maybe try and merge the two as like okay cool i learned something online can there be ways of maybe going to to do a test in a formal institution so that they can see that i qualify and have the papers to to back it up cuz now if you learn a skill online you can't really prove that you're able to do something even if you can produce mm. many episodes of a podcast you're not a qualified podcaster so how yeah. how can we work towards bridging that gap between what i learned by myself online and what is from an institution i think that's actually quite a good question and that is something that like universities need to start looking into uh because why spend 3 years trying to do uh a media and communications degree when you don't have the skill set for it? like how do you you know i mean it you can do it in 2 months or 3 months actually physically uh doing it so i think it is something i'm not sure at this point in time what the university is adding obviously they need to make their money so that's the reason why they offer you a three year um degree or diploma but there is something that they need to start actually looking into um that's a very good point actually maybe when i get into tertiary education that's something i can introduce i mean i i i like sharing my ideas with people who might know what to do with them because i mean you are mm-hmm. the one with a phd degree and i'm the one who's just practically learning from youtube and hopefully we will also find ways to to really bridge this gap between this and that and make sure that at the end of the day we have people who are skillful and who are able to to kind of like um apply the information that they have cuz information without application or without um for insight is basically useless so we cuz we learn yeah. a lot of theory at varsity and once we out there in the real world it it's hard to apply totally because different. Yeah, so 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 following yeah 
uh, tutorials online that you because like, okay now you have to pause and do the same thing you just seen so that as time goes you're able to do this uh, like without having to look at it it's something that i find different and interesting but yeah um i think for from the things that i found um we're not really touched yet in the interviews you've done i'm really happy with the elements that we've caught up and to end up on this show we have um a rapid fire session of five questions I ask you these questions and you can answer them as quick as possible. They are about how you function as a human being, what keeps you motivated and going. There's nothing completely uh, out of line that will come here. So do not stress yourself. So it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. I'm so competitive though. So if I fail it, I'm going to be really upset with myself for the whole weekend. Luckily, you're only competing <laughs> against yourself here. So let's see. <laughs> Cool. The first question is really, uh, it says, if you're failing to be consistent in your work or personal space, uh, what other attributes help you uh, get back on track? What do you go back to? I think it's just spending time with my mom and dad and my best friend. Uh, they believe in me more than I believe in myself most times. So I think just like a conversation with them, a cry with them, um, getting my PhD is such a um, it's something that I didn't ever expect of myself uh, because everyone said that I wouldn't be <laughs> a mm. doctor like I had people say that to me um, also the fact that I teach every day and I've got a speech impediment I've got a very bad stutter so every morning I do like breathing exercises before I can teach. And this is something I get paid for to teach and I have a speech impediment. So it's like, sometimes yeah. you think, why? why is God doing this to me? And um, it's just having that belief system from your family and your friends. I think that's what keeps me going. And going slightly off point from the questions aside, like um, for someone who hears that you have like a speech impediment and you're a teacher, is there something like, did you go for... Um, like uh, for therapy or is it something that you had to learn how to deal with by yourself? I tried to actually do it by myself for a long time. Uh, but uh, for people who don't understand it, uh, they tend to make fun of you and things like that. And, you know, this is one of the reasons why I didn't like school because teachers didn't think you were smart because you couldn't read out aloud. Um, mm. And I think that took a knock on my self my self-confidence and eventually when I was in my honors year I had to do PowerPoint presentations uh, like two times a week and the nine minutes uh, PowerPoint presentation took me 45 minutes to do because it was a block with every single thing that I said so then I asked my parents if I can go for speech therapy and I think for them being old-fashioned they were like why do you need it and so against me so eventually I just actually managed to go for speech for speech therapy uh, via the university because they actually offer it uh, like for free basically and I went for a few months and they gave me some some ways in which I can uh, kind of can't really say overcome it but to like cope with it um, and uh, it's just about the fact that now I can openly tell you I've got a speech impediment and before I'd be mm. like can't say it I'm ashamed to say it and being a female also I think maybe with males it's okay <laughs> it's like acceptable for a female like to say that you have a speech impediment is such a it's such I don't know it's such an 
embarrassing thing. And um, I just came to, to to like terms with the fact that I do stutter. And then I do breathing exercises every morning, um, AEIOUs. And uh, I do it in my car. Sometimes people look at me strangely in my car because I'm like talking to myself and psyching myself up before I get to work. But then I do it. <laughs> yeah. And, and one thing now you, you've made me think is like, maybe how many people in my circle and surrounding probably have it and can't express the fact that they have it because, again, there's stigmas and stereotypes attached to it. And one thing I'll say is that when we first got to know each other, there, there was nothing that was noticeable. And until now, you opened up and, and told me about it. And I was like, again, you've learned how to deal with it and how to cope with it in a way that it doesn't uh, become the forefront of who you are when you interact with people. People get to know you for who you are and you can express yourself and open up as time goes. So I'm, I'm really happy about that moment and drifted a little bit away from my rapid question because I find that was an important point. So coming back to, sure. to question number two, um, I'd, oh, I'd like you to give us your all-time favorite. What is hot right now and what is under your radar when it comes to books, podcasts, or documentaries? What's hot right now? Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer, I think, is on everyone's mind right now. <laughs> uh, it's it's so bad that I don't have a TV. I don't watch things, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's like yeah. mind-blowing. And my father spoke about it for like ever because he actually followed the case in the 1990s and he kept bringing it up and it wasn't such a big deal. And then when I watched the documentary i was like i mean and when i watched well i first watched the series on netflix and then i watched the tapes and all that stuff and i was like this guy like blatantly walked out saying that hey i kill people and people didn't bother because based on the color of his skin and the people that he was trying to attack based on the color of their skin so i think that was for me i was like you know angry and like how could he do this um yes that's what's hot on my list right now um speaking about it with my kids too at school <laughs> and um under my radar right now i don't know who's the new r rappers i know that this i thought that i'm a piano was a person and i didn't know it was a music genre um, I kept saying to the guy, the kids at school, who is this man, I'm a piano? Because you guys are always saying you hear, I'm a piano. And I'm like, who is he? And they're like, ma'am, it's it's a music genre. So I don't know. I think I'm too out of it. In yeah, that no, sense. no, no. Like, you should use this connection to the kids to, to keep yourself up to date. They know what's happening everywhere. And you have the right people. <laughs> I learn a lot from them. And yeah, I can imagine the the uh, C CSI fan in you when watching the Jeffrey Dahmer's uh, yes. documentaries coming up. You're like, so yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense to be one of the documentaries that you you currently stuck on. And yeah, moving to question number three. Um, yeah, if you have an opportunity or have the opportunity to deliver a message to your future self, so twenty years from now. What would you uh, want your future self to know about the efforts that you're putting in right now for a better future? Oh, I just thought about it this week that passed. I've achieved everything that I thought I would never achieve. Like, um, 
I'm so proud of myself and I know it sounds like I'm full of myself or something, but uh, I'm like so proud of everything that I've achieved. Like um, we didn't grow up like wealthy or anything like that. So all my parents could give me was an education, but it's not like all they could give me. They gave me like everything by giving me an education. But I mean, in the course of me trying to get my degree, my father was um, unemployed and uh, it became like difficult. And then you try not for your like parents to, to, to pay for all these stuff. So I started working extra hard so I could get bursaries. And that's how I paid for most of my studies uh, through scholarships and, and, and things like that. I mean, my undergraduate, my um, second year and third year was paid through that. Uh, my honors was through a bursary. My master's, I saved up when I started to work and I paid for that. My PGC was also through a bursary and my PhD was free because they do it for free at um, DUT. So... Um, if you think that something is unachievable, and I know there's so many uh, young South Africans out there, you know, it's the most difficult thing for them trying to try to get a, a tertiary education because education is so expensive, although it's imperative, it's so expensive. But if you work hard for it, you can achieve it. You know, we like don't have to burn down things to actually get what we want. We just have to work hard within ourselves. I know it seems unachievable and um even uh this year being a deputy principal it was something that i i didn't have anyone to teach me everything but i learned it and at first i was so scared because i thought how will i do it i don't know how to and i didn't have a proper handover of the duties it was just like okay this is what you're gonna be boom and um i started doing it and I feel like even time there's like times when I don't probably do it like how maybe it should be done, but I'm trying the best that I can do. And that's all. I think my future self will be like, hey, you you actually made it and you tried hard and you did it and you didn't compromise on a single thing. That's also like the essence of it all. Cause I mean, if we're not trying and we're not doing the best that we could right now, it's it's basically going to show as time goes. So I think you putting in the work and you, you, I'm glad that you're saying you're proud of yourself because it's easier to criticize ourselves than to, to really pat ourselves on the back and say we're doing, we're doing good. So good that you can acknowledge <laughs> such thing. And yeah, moving to question four, this, uh, this question puts me on the spot all of the time because it's if you could switch roles and you get to interview me, what one question would you ask me? To me, you're so brilliant to me. You know, <laughs> I don't know how, where do you get the confidence to or the I don't even know what it is but to change your whole country learn a new language be like associated with people uh, continuously where you know as a South African black male how do you go into some other country which is like you know predominantly white mm. and you're able to just like flourish how do you do it though what empowers you to 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 be this person because you're so brave yeah that's 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 going to be the main point in this whole thing is um, i think 
being brave is is what has gotten me here and the fact that what is is known out there is basically the highlights the things that went good or the things that I'm willing to share because when things are not going well I'm hardly taking time to share such things and that's something that I'd like to figure out a way to do it uh in a dignified way where I'm not trying to complain but I'm trying to show hey I do have struggles as well here and there because um some of the things I've done when I reflect myself I feel like I was crazy how does one just decide to up and pack and I think it comes from my family my family is always the, the same thing you were saying uh you know the same thing you were saying um the fact that um your family always thought that you're going to be a, a successful person and they saw the most out of you i think my family has always knew that i'll hardly make a big decision without thinking about it first and if i fail they there for me so i took many leaps of faith and one of it was leaving my entire life and family and moving here and the support that i get from my wife and now my little daughter is something that makes me feel like i'm not afraid of failing and trying out stuff and that's why i'm still trying out more stuff going a little bit out of of the career that i that i studied for and be like i don't have to be a one dimensional person i can try my hand here and there when it comes to passion i'm passionate more than about more things than just uh, sports and exercise and i think that's what has kept me going so far yeah so um the final question i have for you um kate is uh finish this sentence the reason i cannot quit is because <laughs> i have too many things to pay for <laughs> That is an honest answer. You know, it's not super uh, sort of philosophical. It's very honest and I mean, if that is the reason why you cannot quit, we shouldn't question it. So yeah. Thank you, thank you very much for joining me on the show today. It has been fun. Part of it being catching up and part of it uh being learning more about you as the the teacher and and you as um an adult and where you are right now at life. I really enjoyed the conversation. So thank you very much. Thank you so much to me. I really appreciate it and I want you to know and I want everybody to know on your podcast that this is a really brave brave man and I'm so proud of him and all of his achievements and he is destined for great amazing things. So just watch the space um while we can, you know, have him in the space. Next time it'll be on like radio on TV. So yeah looking ahead to what to expect from you it's it's normally like for me i i normally get like uh uh speechless when uh the tables are turned and i get the compliments because i use this platform to put others um on the spotlight on others and make sure that uh people get the credit they deserve that maybe have not yet been discovered or not known about and therefore i appreciate you also giving me my props and uh what i'd like I normally say to people who would like to be found online is uh when can the pe- where can the people find you online? Um research gate they can take a look at that you can see some of my journal articles you can also look on careers 24 you can look on city press um if they want to communicate with me directly you can um invite me on Instagram all about social media um well you know Ooh. my insta handle 
Yeah, I'll, I'll probably tag it. I'll tag it and tag also your um your LinkedIn for those who would like to learn more yes. from you as well. So, yeah. Okay, so thank you very much and do enjoy your day. Thank you. You too. Have a lovely day. Thank you very much for tuning in. Join us next week for another episode of the We Move Experience podcast.